Well, welcome back, everybody. It's uh, it's been a couple of weeks here since we've last uh, had time to to chat, but we're we're super excited. We got a great uh, great episode today that we're going to be uh, chatting a little bit about esports. I know yeah. I mean, it's something that I've I've thought about for such a long time, and I've never really hundred percent gotten in, and I'm super excited to have this conversation today. Yeah, I, I I'm totally excited. I I know barely anything about esports but i could just tell you um i know how like engaging and popular it could be because i remember way back when when my um nephew was playing tomb raider and we would literally i would literally sit for hours watching him play (laughs) it was so it was really entertaining like watching him try to get past levels and what happens and i don't know it was it's 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 fascinating how how engaging it is that's awesome and (laughs) hey we've got an amazing guest with us today we're super excited uh we've got uh brian from dekalb school district brian you want to give a little hello a little bit about yourself here yeah um so i am the it support manager at the dekalb school district um and this is my second year as the head esports coach for the high school too oh that's awesome so I mean, I know, I guess, MJ, let's just jump right in. I'm, I'm super excited. I, I want to just, I have tons of questions here. Um, I know I've seen esports. I, I don't know if I can say I've ever fully watched it, but I mean, I've seen some of the big, you know, the 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 big arenas with mm-hmm. screens up there, things like that. So can you kind of describe to us what, like, what is esports? If, if to somebody who's never even heard of it, what is esports? Because it's, it's becoming super popular. Yeah, so um, there are competitive video games that people play. Um, I mean, there's the more classic, like there are sports games you can play in esports. Like there's, instead of being an individual player on a field, you can be the entire team of the soccer field, of the soccer team or base- basketball team or football team or whatever. Um, but there are um, more like, a lot more different games you can play like racing or um first person games where you're um yeah trying to take out the other other team um you know just a whole gamut of games you can play here competitively wow so so i guess is esports literally just like competitive video game play is that how you yeah i mean yeah basically yeah um there we wouldn't have like tomb raider or something like that where it's more of like a single player game um that's like a whole different genre like people people do do that competitively but it's like how fast can you beat the game Mm -hmm. um but this is like can you beat the other players Mm. okay wow so i i mean i guess it as i think about it you know in 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 the ihsa world you know, there's tons of different, you know, competitive sports. Does this actually, is this something that's qualified under IHSA? Is it, is it considered yeah. sport? <clears throat> so this is considered an activity rather than a sport. Hmm. Um, I tried to look up how IHSA differentiates activities and sports, and I couldn't really find a good answer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is, it is IHSA, um, type like activity yeah and and is it any game i mean you were talking about different genres no. is it, like is there 
anything like if i just want to you know go play the the newest uh nhl you know video game for hockey is that is that one that's on the list so that is not an ihsa game um so ihsa has um hold on i i have them i have them up so they have rocket league uh super smash brothers and mario kart and then uh I think football. I don't know what EA Sports FC is. I think that's football. Sure. Um, but there are other um, competitive organizers too. Uh, there's IHS EA, uh, Illinois High School Esports Association, which is mm-hmm. another really big one. Um, and they have a lot of titles. So IHSA um, competes more like a normal sporting event so they have a single day of um what's it called not playoffs but like sectionals a single day of sectionals Mm -hmm. and then a single day of finals and that's Mm -hmm. all it is for ihsa Mm -hmm. um but ihs ea they do and ihsa is all in person that's all in a single day you play like 10 games in a row if you like are winning um oh. it, but uh ihs ea is mostly online okay so that's more like a typical sporting like style you would do so each week you play a different team um but it's all online oh. so for like eight 12 weeks you're playing online and then they have a single day of finals for those specific titles so they we we're playing like 12, 15 different games over the whole year with IHS EA. Okay. And they're like weekly scheduled um, tournaments or are they like, or is IASA more like tournaments? So IHS EA is single games every week. Mm -hmm. And then a final tournament at the end of this like season. And then IHS a is like you show up somewhere to a normal like like a normal sectional like track and field or basketball or something you show up um you play all your games and then you see if you made it to the state finals mm-hmm. so you can get and, like a state final in Mario Kart or something gotcha and then so and then there are like individual um games that you could play and then team games is that yes it? correct yeah um so IHSA actually has two versions of Smash Brothers. So they have singles where it's 1v1 mm-hmm. and then um, teams. I'm not positive how, how the teams work. I don't know if it's like, um, you know, you have like four people on each team and it's 1v1 and then they get taken out. And then, mm. You know, um, more like tag team style. I think that's how they do it. Mm. So but we did singles last year, yeah, and um, it ended up being that our two our two players who made it in they ended up facing off each other, and that's just <laughs> how it worked. So <laughs> it was very uh, yeah, it was, it got kind of intense. It was so fun. in in the I'm just gonna call them conferences for lack of a yeah, better yeah. word, but like in the conferences that you play, how many districts are in there? Uh, I mean, there is a lot. Um, I can't remember how big our conference is, 
but there were at least 10 other schools there. I think it was more like 15 or 20, but it was, yeah, it was, uh, there were a lot of people there and, um, that was just one conference out of like the whole state conferences too. So, yeah. So Brian, I guess, so you're telling me there's tons of titles, there's different setups. I, yeah. Question I've got would, would be like, what, what's actually needed for you guys to have an esports team, yeah, to get started, because yeah. yeah, I mean, do you play in every single? You don't play every single game, right? Um, so not every game. We do play a lot of them, though. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's really determined by what players I have at that time. Um, so getting started, um we had we were lucky enough that our rotation cycle was a couple years ago for our uh, cad lab computers our desktops yeah um so when we were deciding what to get we were also like well do we want to start an esports program like we've talked about it like the tech department has talked about it in the past but there hasn't really been interest um from staff members and we're like well if we're gonna do it I, we should just do it. So we spec'd them out for CAD and esports. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I decided that I would just run the program. Um, I I ended up getting some help from a couple teachers that really like kind of took me under their wing. And I just like showed up and I was like, hello, I'm trying to run a club. I've never done this before. <laughs> and they, they really kind of <clears throat> helped me out there. Um, but yeah, so getting started, we we were in a really good spot with um, really good PCs that could handle all the PC titles. Um, and then a lot of the other titles are on the Nintendo Switch, okay. and that's a super popular console. So the students who wanted to compete in those Switch games, I mean, they already had a Switch. So we just let them come in with their Switches, got them. Uh, un- unfiltered on the firewall hmm. and then uh yeah they could join up and play on their own equipment yeah so i i guess that was a question you know when i was because i was starting at, at 214 there was there was a a point at which we were starting some esports i had some staff wanting to do it and it was uh both pc and console games is it more mm-hmm. than just the switch that's also out there that is competitive and and if so I mean, you guys allowed the kids to bring them in. Have mm. you guys talked about actually having consoles? And if so, what? It, I mean, what are you guys thinking through with that? Yeah, and how yeah. do you budget for that? Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for the other like uh, PlayStation or Xbox, there aren't a lot of titles in IHSEA or I mean, there's no well that football game um, mm-hmm. or soccer. F- mm-hmm. football <laughs> um but uh yeah i think that is on playstation or xbox but we didn't really i'm just kind of ignoring that for right now um because there's not a ton of titles for kids to play um it seems like most of them are heading towards pc or switch because that's kind of the best of both worlds you mm-hmm. have like really um low barrier of entry console students can play and then like the higher end 
games. So I guess, so you guys are using the CAD computers. Are Is it an actual like physical lab you have set up? Is it laptops? What have you seen that works, uh, works best? Yeah. Um, so we are using uh, desktops. Um, we have pretty decent mid-tier setup desktops. Um, and then a 27-inch monitors we just got that are pretty good. Um, but yeah, it's a normal standard classroom that after school we come in and start playing games in. Yeah. Hmm. So and I guess... Go ahead, MJ, go ahead. What's the draw um, between like male, females, genders? Um, are you seeing it? Or is there a space for for girls who play? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's no, it's it really is really diverse. Mm -hmm. um, so I think video games are just so ubiquitous now. Um, like almost everyone plays some kind of video game or another. Uh, even if they don't really realize it, like, I I, I don't know if it's a thing anymore, but, like, Farmville on Facebook, like, that's a video game. Yeah. Um, like, everyone was playing that. Um, but uh, one of our titles is even on, you can play it on a phone, Pokemon Unite. So mm -hmm. we have students who don't have any consoles, have any at-home PCs, and they can come in on their phone and compete, too. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, it's... It's really like 50-50, male-female. Um, some of our best players are female. Uh, just, you know, every all the kids are playing video games nowadays. Yeah, yeah. that's so that's so great. And uh, yeah, yeah it, we'll have to get a list from you, Brian, in terms of like what games pr are you seeing kids yeah. kind of come, come and show up. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you're saying there's so many games out there. Are there any particular mm -hmm. ones... Um, you're mentioning a few, but are like Rocket League, are they are there any particular ones that, you know, if, if a district were to be starting out yep. to compete? Yeah. Like focusing in on like a few games or would you say like doors wide open, anyone can get started? Yeah. Um, so right now we're playing Splatoon, Counter-Strike and Pokemon Unite. Um, last uh i can't remember what we played last season now <laughs> um but yeah um i think focusing if you're like really tight um you have older equipment mm -hmm. you could really open the doors up and just say hey if you have a nintendo switch and you want to compete against other schools in the state just mm -hmm. come in we'll get a we'll get the We'll get your switches working on our network and then mm -hmm. you can play other teams, other states, other states, or not other states, um, other schools. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. That's awesome. Like, it, it can be really low barrier yeah. of entry. Like, it can just be a classroom with some kids with switches they brought in themselves. Um, and, you know, I think Springfield is making a whole esports arena in their new mm -hmm. high school. Wow. So, I mean, there's really low and then there's really high and do they need to come in i mean I, i'm just picturing my nephew who is actually in esports and he yeah. goes to school of chicago public um at jones and i mean he's got like a decked out computer at home and mm -hmm. he pretty much plays from home like mm -hmm. so are you are you seeing like you have a population of your players who 
actually will come in and then a population of players who just connect with everybody online? Are you finding it a value that you can gather people in a space yeah. for the teams? I know. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think it is better for teamwork and communication and just overall like vibe of the situation to come in in person. Hmm. Um, but we do have some players who um, will play at home occasionally. Um, there aren't any, I don't think there are any rules in IHS EA about playing at home. Hmm. Um, but then there's also the in-person aspect. So some of these tournaments do take place in person, like IHS A is all in person. And then if you do good enough in IHS EA, mm -hmm. then you play in person too. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it, it's valuable to have a team that's meeting in a central location um, to compete. And it does take some getting used to, to like yeah. have observers watching you play these uh, games yeah. too. Um, well, and like, plus like, yeah, I'm, I'm just imagining too, we're trying, or I don't know if the um, conferences are trying to like level the playing field, so to speak. And mm -hmm. like, you have to come and use this particular machine. It's to these specs um, mm -hmm. and everybody kind of plays at that level. Right. Of equipment. Okay. So yeah. There's a certain yeah. aspect of that. There is. Yes. Um, so yeah, in, in the in-person tournaments, you don't bring your own equipment, you use their equipment. So yeah, you have to kind of be able to use other stuff too. Mm -hmm. So I guess a question of mine, you know, what does a practice look like? Or do you guys even have a, like a practices and you know, what describe that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So when, so I, I was in East, like I was in esports when I was in high school, but it was like, I joined a team myself separately from the school. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really similar back then how we do it now for practices. Um, you basically join. It's, it's all on Discord now. Um, but you join a Discord server. And then you get in like Pokemon Unite channel. And you're like, hey guys, I'm trying to play a game today, tomorrow. Can anyone play with me? And then... Someone's like, yeah, I'll play at like five or whatever. And then so you just find another team yourself and then get uh, trade information and just go play them. It's, it's really, really open to what you do. Mm -hmm. Or you can just like join up online matchmaking. That's, that's how you practice your team. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. I've heard districts get really, um, like they get really into like, game film and watching and checking out your competitors or your your opposing teams and how they've played um mm -hmm. and then they actually like have have it where you you um you have to follow like certain um things to keep you like a healthy player um where you you're you're forced to take breaks you have to take certain kinds of breaks there's a and i don't know is that is that a thing <laughs> Yeah, it, it definitely is a thing. Um, some, it's not like required, um, but some coaches really do treat this exactly like a sport, um, even going so far as to like, if you're late, I'm going to make you run a lap around the school or something. So, 
yeah. So some some coaches do take it a lot seriouser than others. Um, myself, I just I'm trying to have the students have the responsibility of running their own teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of another thing. You don't need to be an expert in really any of these games to coach esports. Um, you just have to have the time to show up and let the kids mm-hmm. do what they do what they can. Yeah, yeah. So going off of that, if you could imagine, what are challenges that you guys had setting up an esports team that you know you could give our listeners some some pointers on um, as you know if they were going to set up a team? Yeah. Um, so when we were setting this up, we sent out a survey to basically the whole high school saying like we we want to do an esports program next year um what titles do you want to play and we got about a hundred responses to that saying yeah i want to join esports esports this is what i want to play and then in the fall when we started i had about like 10 kids show up to the first meeting so there's definitely like an interest level like low stakes interest to actually showing up conversion there Mm -hmm. um that you have to be aware of and um there were there were a core set of students who were really into esports and they would bring some of their friends in too Mm -hmm. to get them to play um because i would be like hey like if you want to play splatoon um you only have two people here you need four so to play you need two more people um and then they would go find the people themselves recruit the athletes Um, yeah you got (laughs) to recruit them and that's i mean that's the big thing right if you can have all the equipment in the world but if you don't have players it's it's not worth anything Mm -hmm. um so yeah getting getting feelers out there and getting the students to actually come in and play is is probably the hardest part honestly wow and how big is your your team we have about 15 to 20 people who come in um, every day. So we're, we meet Monday through Thursday um, from 3 to 6 now, every single, like, 3 to 6 p.m. Um, and, yeah, it's, I mean, that's a long time to spend, like, there every week. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I'm, I'm lucky enough that I was able to get more coaches in here. Uh, to help me out so i'm not there every day um and really this most of the students aren't there every single day either so monday is like a practice day mm-hmm. and then tuesday wednesday and thursday um is the competition day at 5 p.m hmm. so it's it's mostly that the students come in and pick and choose what they want to do um yeah wow so they're not online the entire three hours or are they not usually um but it is a majority of the time um most of them who come in who aren't competing that day will get their group together and then they'll like um just start doing like matchmaking they'll just join game after game after game until they run out of time really (laughs) yeah that's awesome (laughs) yeah that's what that's what they want to do so wow that's awesome mj you know i'm kind of thinking at what age do you think esports could actually start in you know for some of our our school districts that are the k-8 districts Mm -hmm. is there 
something that would be safe and appropriate for those kids and at what at what age Yeah, I'm kind of thinking like the screen fatigue. I mean, three hours online straight through is, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. I've, I've heard like yeah uh, coaches kind of, you know, lay out a, you know, you need, need to go take a break, a walking break, a water break or whatever, and then get back in. And they feel like their gameplay is so much better when they're mindful of that. But yeah, how <laughs> how young do we, you know, does this start? I'm thinking fifth grade, but only because... Yeah. That seems to be where everybody is trying to like <laughs> police the gaming <laughs> that goes on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I know there are middle school competitions. Um, I don't know how prevalent they are, mm -hmm. uh, how many schools are doing it. Um, but those are mostly like, I know they play Mario Kart. Um, that's like, you just race around, throw shells at each other. Like that's, I don't think many people would have problems with that. Mm -hmm. um, but there is also Overwatch, which is more a kind of a cartoony shooter. Mm -hmm. So you are like shooting other people in the video game. Um, but there's, it's not like gory or excessive violence. Um, and it's really, Overwatch is a really team-based game too. So it's, I don't know. There's, I can see some middle school uh, parents or staff not really wanting to encourage that. Sure. Um, but the, yeah, it's really up to the schools. And all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, definitely a consideration to take. Right. Yeah. For for our school, um, I haven't really had any pushback. Um, my school has been really, the high school has been really supportive here. Actually, they all think it's really fun and cool. Um, but we had had to get some like waivers signed for um, like Rainbow Six Siege is that's I mean, that's a pretty violent game. So and it's mature. Mm -hmm. um, it's a mature game. Um, but yeah, actually, um, Ubisoft, who makes Rainbow Six Siege, they actually required UB 16 and over over to compete. And required some waivers too, so it's huh. it's kind of from both sides that sure. you know sure. the game companies are saying like, hey, like you can play this, but we have some rules. So, um, I was thinking, so you've got some rules with with uh, the specific ones, but you still think it could be something that can go into the earlier grades because you know I. I, I think of kind of an all sports type of thing. You're always looking at a pipeline. How do you ensure that it, it continues on? So um, have you guys noticed, and I guess this is, this is on the opposite side of the question. Have you noticed that with uh, the setups that you have, are you having any kids trying to, you know, play games during the day because they could be on those computers or have you guys done some sort of management with those, those uh, labs so that, they act one way during the day and one way at, you know, during practice, um, just as a, a, you know, a natural like setup piece um, that other uh, staff or other people that could be thinking about starting an eSorts program could, uh, could use. Yeah. Um, so our PCs are set up um, in group policy that um, only specific users can access these game files sure. um, 
And then we also use Sophos, which will block basically any game EXE Mm -hmm. um, from launching. So we have a policy in there to to allow these specific um, users to launch them. And then I give each of my players a login, their own unique login. And those are time based. Mm -hmm. So they can only log in after 3 p.m. So they can't come in during the day and play any games and uh, on their normal student account. And the, the student accounts can't launch the games either. So that's that's kind of how we do it. Hmm. Um, but yeah, for their own Nintendo Switches, I mean, we connected them to the Wi-Fi. And I mean, I guess if they want to play during lunch or whatever, that's fine. Um, right. But it, it's kind of hard to play a Nintendo Switch in the middle of like math class or something too like that's not going to work so. that's very true you have to be <laughs> <laughs> digging in your backpack or something right <laughs> and you find the kids are pretty much respectful if they're given that space and parameters yeah yeah right yeah so it is pretty open like during esports club where what they can go to because just there's so many different servers that they need to be connect connected to and uh game like uh launchers and stuff like that um but we did tell them like hey like this is a privilege um and if you guys mess it up like it's it's not going to be fun for anyone so please just like stay on task stay playing your games don't be messing around Mm -hmm. um and and we have coaches in there watching them too so they're they've been pretty respectful that's awesome that's awesome well, I'll tell you what, Brian, is there any last minute advice that you could give any prospective people out there on starting their own esports club or team? Yeah. Um, so it is really fun to do this. It's really fun to see the kids uh, come in and, you know, um, be competitive in something that they've never really thought about doing in the first place. And, um, you'll get a lot of kids coming in too, where like this is their thing. They don't, they don't do any other, they're not in band. They're not in basketball. Like this is their thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's really fun to see them come in like kind of shy, not really knowing anyone. And then a few months later, they're, you know, really getting into it and playing and like making new friends and stuff like that. So that's really cool. Yeah. Um, But it can be a big time commitment. So just be aware of that. Sure. Um, but it is super fun to go to these in-person tournaments and see everyone have a lot of fun. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome, Brian. Well, we're super appreciative. Thank you so much for all of the, the wisdom here <laughs> and your thoughts on it. Um, I do, just so you know, I always have a surprise question at the end. I don't know if uh, Ben told you or not that there's always a surprise question. Um, but I've, I've kept it on theme today, MJ. I've kept it oh. on theme today, so we'll see. So I'm going to not exclude uh, anything when I say this, but what was your favorite game as a child? So it doesn't have to be a video game, but it could be. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite video or favorite game as a child? So, um, as as a teenager, my favorite series was the Battlefield series. Mm-hmm. Um, I played tons and tons of Battlefield Two and Battlefield Twenty One Forty Two. 
those were those were my games um but as a child child i i played i really liked kirby on uh yes <laughs> i think it was it was either nes or super nintendo i can't remember which one kirby's dreamland kirby's dreamland I really like kirby's dreamland that's a good one all right mj what was your favorite game man make me feel old because i totally grew up in a totally different era <laughs> I mean, I first got into video games on our Commodore 64. <laughs> we, played, we played like Summer Olympics and that was like like the funnest thing. <laughs> but um, I think in college, what got me through college is Tetris. Mm. And that it was when it was first introduced. So <laughs> it's totally aging me. <laughs> so, <laughs> MJ, experience. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I, you know, it's interesting. I, I am not actually a huge video game player. I, um, I, I'm one of the few that, for whatever reason, I get motion sickness watching video games and so forth. So I keep trying. I keep trying. Um, I did like, you know, the original Super Mario Brothers on NES. That was probably my favorite video game. I would say my favorite game as a child. Uh, I love to play Clue. I'm going to go straight up board game. I love nice. to play Clue. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, wow. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. So we've got just a quick couple announcements here. So just uh, as as we are coming to the end of the you know calendar year, we just wanted to make sure we wish everybody a safe and happy holiday season. Um, if you have not yet booked your COSIN uh, conference, it is in Miami in uh, this following, uh, it is in Miami next year. Make sure you get it booked. I know that the rooms are going to be tight. So if it's something that you're thinking about, you want to make sure that you get that stuff squared away yeah. um, as soon as you possibly can. Get it all planned before April. Yes, well planned before April. Um, uh, Holiday Tech was sent out. The Tech Guide was sent out a, a handful of weeks ago. So if you are getting close to that, I guess we're not 100% in the last minute gift buying time right now. But uh, if you are looking for gifts, the make, pressure. Sure, yep, make sure that <laughs> you uh, go ahead and take a look at that gift guide. And you um, can see, like, if you invest in these games... <laughs> Yes. You can actually have a player athlete. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, just uh, so all of our listeners know, we as a board, we want to make sure that we are bringing more people into some leadership roles at IETL. So we've got some committees uh, that we're trying to form that will uh, uh, we're asking for help and volunteers. So if it's something that you've wanted to be part of, uh, more leadership role in IE, in um, IETL, please, please, please reach out. And uh, some of our board members will also be reaching out to, to try to recruit uh, to recruit some of you. Um, IdeaCon is coming up in February. It's hard to believe it's only a couple months away. Um, we have worked with the Idea folks and uh, there is a, a discount sign up for all of IETL members. Um, and more information will be coming to your IETL um, uh, email through the listserv. Uh, yeah, and we have a very special keynoting guest for our IETL workshop that will be revealed. <laughs> I 
guess. <laughs> I was going to say, so our workshop three, which we do in conjunction with IDEA, will be uh, revealed here shortly. And uh, so make sure to mark your calendars to, to be part of that. MJ, you want to introduce our book study that we're going to be doing in season seven, starting in January. Yeah. So our book study, um, our book has been selected. It's called Unreasonable Hospitality, The Remarkable Power of Giving People More Than They Expect. It's by Will Guidara. And uh, yeah, it's it, it was actually recommended by a CTO and their group out of Alabama. And they uh, they just could not stop talking about it. Um, and so I thought we'd bring it here. Yeah. It's going to be a good read. So we're going to do similar to what we did last year. So more information will come about if you want to join the uh, the book study that we will be doing through the podcast. Um, but you know, each year around the uh, the winter time, we try to do a book study. Um, so we would love to have you join in on that as well. Yeah, be on the lookout for the uh, form to sign up, and again, you'll get the uh, book purchased for you as you commit to uh, being part of our book study. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, MJ, uh, Brian, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, for for all of our listeners, no problem. For all of our listeners, as you guys are uh, preparing for the last couple weeks uh, before the holidays, enjoy and keep doing the great things you guys do. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. 